You're listening to Mind of the Alpha, raw, unedited, and straight from the wolf's mouth. Corey D, man, I got you back up in the fucking den. How you doing, bro? Oh, I'm doing really good. Um, you know, um, Corey's turning on the say, professional uh, Corey D now. So we were, we were the unprofessional. Uh, you know, if you guys were listening before we started, uh, very unprofessional. I'm just kidding. You're, you're, <laughs> I'm fucking with you, man. You, you guys that aren't watching the video, you should see the face he's giving me right now. But now nah, Corey's going to do Um What's going on, man? So we we did a podcast together last week, I believe it was, or the week before, um, talking about East Palestine and uh, all that fucking crazy shit that's going on up there. And uh, we definitely got to, you know, we wanted to break it up into a part two because I believe the last time we went damn near three hours. And, uh, you know, so I wanted to jump back on here and, and um, get some more information from you, man. You, you've been digging, bro. You've been digging. Tell me, uh, Tell me what you found out. Oh, yeah. Well, basically, what I want to show is how this would affect the environment over time, you know, just in general, how it got into the system, stuff like that. Um, you know, and I just want to say I was on, uh, uh, you can go on Rumble, the Jen Carlson uh, podcast. I, I, I actually on there. did look, I actually did look her up on Spotify. Um, I haven't got to listen oh, okay. in or anything like that, but I did look her up, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know her off her rumble. I didn't even know she was on Spotify, but yeah, go check her out. I was on there. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I was on there. Um, uh, you know, I was also on Maryland's radio with her as well. Uh, so I've really been on this, uh, trying to get the word out because what's really crazy to me is, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, how this got into the system is that they call it a control burn, you know? Um, which is so interesting to me. Like they made that decision really fast and I want to know who made the decision. That's going to be a really nice question to ask, you know, when these uh, congressional hearings come up because like ultimately they're partially responsible for releasing these dioxins in there, you know? Yeah. I, and like, like we talked about the last time, man, I, I, I want to say it was probably, the, the fire department that made the decision to do the controlled burn. Um, you know, that's an educated guess on my end. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Obviously I'm sure they talked to Norfolk Southern about it as well. But the thing is, man, is like, what do you do in that situation? You know, cause obviously that, that the East Palestine fire department and then the other responding fire departments probably didn't have a whole lot of experience with that sort of disaster. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I, I really do. I, I'd like to know that too, you know, when the, when the congressional hearings start, because I mean, what, you know, what kind of science was behind it? You know, when they said, Hey, let's do a controlled burn. Was anybody like, no, you know, we're, we're going to release all these hazardous chemicals into the air. So I don't know. I'd like to see that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, especially if it was a railroad that made that decision, you know? Right. And what's uh and i i have a feeling it possibly was just because the placards were burned off from the fire you know so right. that tells me like i don't think the firefighters would have made that decision <laughs> and you know what i'm saying i don't know that's just my at least guess on who, on the whole situation there who do you think should have made the decision though who should have um yeah. uh there's a multitude of agencies that are available that haven't even been on this situation like that's, for what, example, that's what i'm saying it had to be someone with boots on the ground in that area 
it sounds like to me the EPA didn't respond and there was a lot of other, you know, entities that should have oh. been there that wasn't there. You know what I mean? So what, what, you know, who, who would have, who would have guessed, you know, who would have, who would have made that decision? Well, if you, um, that email I sent you, right, you'll see in there, there's uh, something called the Army uh, Chemical Corps, actually. They actually uh, have plans outlined. In, with The Army Corps of Engineers? No, it's the Chemical Corps. They've been oh, around okay. since World War II. And you you got to understand that. I believe it's World War II, World War I, some, one, one of those. But they've been around a long time. You know uh, what I'm saying? They tried to disband them all the way back in the 60s, I guess, as well. I don't know um, as far as that goes. But um, they've been around. Uh, there's a base in Maryland, even. <laughs> I mean, they, they have plans and things like that. It even says on their website um, that they actually are more well-versed than, like, chemical spills and things of that nature just because of the multitude of things that they've had to do. You know what I mean? They specialize in that. Why, right. why haven't them been involved? You know? Um, I believe it was Amy Hoomer. Uh, I, I'm not sure how to say her last name. She, uh, Amy Schumer. She, she ran for the, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. no, 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 <laughs> Hoomer. Uh, it's like H O E B R. I think you could probably okay. Google that. And pull her. Yeah. But she ran for like the sixth congressional seat, uh, I believe in Maryland I was. And, um, uh, she's like an expert in chemical stuff. She, she kind of brought that up and I'm like, you know, that's a good question. Why wasn't a well more versed, uh, you know, governmental agency that deals in these type of things that's up admittedly on their own website says this and haven't been involved or called in on this, you know? Right, right. It, it, it was definitely, definitely mishandled, man. And I think we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're really starting to see that. I mean, it's really coming out. And um, as more information um, comes out for the public to see, I mean, we're definitely seeing that it, it probably was handled the wrong way. Yeah. Well, do you see that website? I screenshot it for you of the military site I'm referring to. Um, and that email. Because um, yeah, it, the, the one that the one you sent me is the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Yeah, they're they're like an uh, off. I think they're like a branch of them or something. I don't know. It's uh, uh-huh. it, so if you type into Google, you'll you'll see this too, right? The uh, type in Army Corps of let me see here so army corpse chemical corpse chemical corpse that's what it is army chemical corpse type that in and you'll see what i'm talking about they have a website um you know and then everything that you can go to and then what's interesting is is that they're not involved in this too you see what i'm saying like and then the one i sent you yes is for the army corps engineers i want to bring that up because you know, as far as these dioxins coming down, uh, they're they're gonna fall. You know what I'm saying? There's a residue that coated this town. That's there's multiple reports of that. We know that that's what's happening, and they cleaned it up with their bare hands. You know, uh, kind of what we talked about before. Now, if you think about it, who's gonna have a lot of these, uh, you know, resources as far as the waterways, and they should protect them. The Army Corps engineers. You know what I'm saying? They protect the watershed, right? I, I don't know. Is that there in their, their wheelhouse? Cause I know the army corps of engineers is responsible yeah. a lot of times for building, like rebuilding bridges and, and uh, things like that. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, would that be something that they would be in control? Waterways is what their jurisdiction is. You get what I'm saying? So they map those out and all those things, you know, um, 
So you got to understand that is their jurisdiction as far as it comes to like the traversal waterways. I'm talking about stuff you can take like uh like down a river and stuff, you know. Right, right. Now we know that the you know based off the EPA's testing, which you guys can go on their website and they posted these results, and also there's a document on this too, um, which I could send it to you if you need to be able to show everybody. But you know it's common knowledge now. It's been all over the news on that. That the Howell River was already polluted, so why didn't the Army Corps engineers even get involved? You know, Beaver Creek uh, that goes into PA, even you know, uh, there's multiple streams that connect to that. You know, that mm-hmm. also tested uh, during that time. Because see, they deem Norfolk Southern responsible, and that the cost should be on them in this letter, even because of that. Right. Right. I definitely, um, and, and one thing that I heard Corey, and I don't know if you've been able to confirm this cause I have not been able to confirm it. Um, but oh. I am being told that a lot of the, um, debris and soil and things like that, that was dug up out of there was taken to a landfill in Indiana. Um, I'm not, I haven't been able to completely confirm everything as far as like where everything went as far as i know um it went to texas first right the water and the water (laughs) see they're trying to dump it down there but what's interesting is there's a judge in texas that went on uh record saying that uh, the epa is basically lying to him i mean you could you could (laughs) it's crazy that's on court record you know now yes so he denied them to dump it I'm seeing here. Let me, I want to share this with you. Um, let's see here. Just to back up what you're saying here. So it's, it looks like more than 1.2 million gallons of contaminated firefighting water was sent to Texas molecular outside of Houston. Mm-hmm. Another 320,000 gallons were sent to the U.S. Echo, Echo, wow. U.S. Ecology Romulus in Michigan and nearly 100,000 to Vickery, Ohio. Hundreds of yeah. tons of soil were taken to a facility in Michigan, so they don't really they don't really tell us much about you know how they what they did with it after they moved it off site. You saying how they disposed of it? Yeah, um, yeah. So what did they yeah. do with it? Did they bury it? What you know? Where did, well, where did, they, where did they do with it? <laughs> well, this is a very complex um, question to answer. So let me start with Michigan, okay? So, Michigan, do you know how to get rid of nuclear waste by any chance? No, I don't. Oh, so they have something called, like, deep, uh, it's, I don't, it's crazy. So, basically, it's like this deep well mine shaft, basically, that goes, I think it's like, what, like 300 feet, usually? Mm -hmm. And then they put a uh, contaminant barrier down there, and then they uh, build a shelf system, which is basically, like, layers of contaminant uh, barriers and stuff like that supposed to be impenetrable mind you quote unquote you know but i don't i don't know anything that's not impenetrable when it comes to mother nature and time that's all i'm saying right. uh, but um and you know they'll put all sorts of shit down in there or dump it in there i imagine that's why they took it to michigan you know that'd be my best educated guess so um just now as far michigan, as, those people don't have enough water problems as it is with the you know in flint michigan for instance oh man yeah that's that's a crazy situation just in itself it's uh, look, man. The simple fact is, in my opinion, is that our water system and infrastructure is being completely tarnished and damaged, 
and everybody on planet earth, you know, has got to drink water. Right. So why wouldn't we have to, <laughs> but our shit's about to be like all fucked up because of this, because we don't want to hold a corporation accountable that makes record profits. Uh, can, can you pull up what they made like within like the last two years? Dude, it's like a, uh, they did a, what, 16% increase from 2020 to 2021, I believe, uh, in profits, you know, and then a 12% increase uh, from, uh, you know, the year after, if I recall, you know, I mean, they make, these corporations make billions, but yet they use taxpayer dollars to do certain things like the derailment of Springfield, for example, right? That, that recently just happened, that the people had to shelter in place afterwards, right? You know, it took out a whole railroad crossing. Who, who do you think is going to pay for that railroad crossing? Do you think the railroad's going to? Yeah, Even they, though it, it was their derailment that caused it? It says that last year, Norfolk Southern said profit was up 9% to $3.27 billion. Yeah. And then what was it the year after? Uh, um, you know? I don't see... I'm seeing a lot of like it's billions every year. It's billions, you know, it's right. Yeah. I mean, I just don't understand when is enough money, you know what I'm saying? For a corporation for them, not to invest back into society. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? It's Isn't 11, that the whole means of capitalism? 11.14 billion in 2021 and 9.78 billion in 2020. See what I mean, man? Yeah, that's an absurd amount of money, you know. Now, so back to my question in Springfield, right? You see how the train when it derailed, the one that recently happened, I think it was what, like two, three days ago, something like that. But uh-huh. it derailed and it uh, took out the railroad crossing. What I'm talking about is the gates, you know, that's right there. You know what I'm talking about? The railroad gates, how they come down and they stop yeah. your car from going over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it took that out. Who do you think's going to pay for that, Bobby? Well, you would think that the railroad would pay for it, but it's probably oh, going to be a tax no, I, So uh, there's something called um, uh, the ONDR, right? Um, basically, uh, what that is, is the Railroad Organization for Ohio. It's the railroad. It's like the development for it, supposedly. I don't know. It's a whole other governmental agency that's supposed to, uh, you know, enforce things and pass things, stuff like that, right? But what's interesting is, is that, See, they allot a, a, a certain percentage of the fiscal budget to go towards taxpayer money, mind you, to go towards railroad crossings in every single state. It depends on how many trains come through, how much traffic is there at that crossing, stuff like that. I believe um, you can look up, uh, hey, what was, the, um, what was the you know amount of taxpayer money allotted to Ohio for railroad crossings, for example? Well, I don't really necessarily have an issue with that. Um, because I, I consider railroads to be part of our infrastructure and an important part of our infrastructure. You know what I mean? So here, here's the issue that I have. The issue that I have is that that tax money should be going to upgrades on the railroad and to protecting the U S citizens from, you know, suffering these massive train derailments and, you know, potentially, um, you know, with, with East Palestine, especially, you know what I mean? we, that's what I have an issue with. If if they should not be fixing railroad crossing signs with taxpayer money, it should be all about the actual infrastructure and the integrity of the tracks itself. Yeah. I mean, it's 
so basically, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing to me that these corporations, you know, see the whole idea of capitalism, I thought, right, was that these corporations make all this money and then they reinvest it back into society to make it better. They don't do that. You, you, you know what I mean? That second part never happens. You know, I think that we've put in a lot of immense trust into CEOs and not actual people that could help uplift this, uh, us through this, honestly, you know? Well, and that, that, yeah, you're definitely right about that, Corey. I mean, the, one of the biggest issues that I have with the way that our, um, quote unquote democracy and capitalism works. I mean, let's be honest. Capitalism is not designed for a system as large as ours. It's too, our, you know what I mean? It's our, our system's too big for capitalism. Um, but the problem is, is that we allow companies to, and, and we talked about you there. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Your video cut out. I didn't see you. Um, I'm yeah. pulling up a document for you. That's okay. Fine. Our, um, the, the, the issue that I have is we allow them, and we talked about this in the last episode, is we allow lobbying to take place. When you allow lobbying to take place, then the people that are there to protect us against, you know, corruption, protect us against um, potential misuse of taxpayer money and that sort of thing is um, there's, there's a potential for corruption in that aspect because you have these lobbyists going in. They get in the pocket of these Congress people and they um, they basically buy the vote. And then, you know, those people vote for, you know, what's best for the, the company instead of what's best for the American people. Right. Well, exactly. You know, what if I told you there used to be railroad lobbyists in the galley as well? You know? Right. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like up uh -huh. in the booth with them, man. Right. I mean, it's amazing to me. I don't know that they they was even allowed to do that. See, once you give these corporations just a massive amount of money and they're not reinvesting back into society, what they're using this money for is to gain more influence and power. Right. Yeah, that's what they're doing instead. And, you know, it's, it's I don't know, it's, you know, human compassion and empathy is not existent in a corporation per se. You know, I've always told people like this, this that uh, corporations are like cults, in my opinion. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. I mean, you think about it, it uh, you, there's a culture there. They have a mission statement. They have values and core principles they want you to follow. And they make it blatantly clear in a, in a, in a textbook that they hand to you upon uh, your hire, right? Called a, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean, cults really are, you know, uh, the difference between a cult and a corporation, though, my friend, is um, a cult is is designed for you. And you're correct. They have all those things that you just talked about named off. But there's one difference. And the difference is the cult is there. to It, it actually hurts your life negatively. Um, you know, so it, I don't know. I um, I don't I don't see a way around that. I don't see a way around, you know, I don't, I don't see the, the economy ever changing to the point where we don't have to deal with these types of things. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, yeah, I do agree hundred percent. Yeah. It's hey, I got to, um, let's take a quick sponsor break real quick. Um, yeah. I'll be, uh, we'll be right back. Sponsoring this episode guys, 
we're always telling you, you got to talk to someone when you're not feeling yourself and you're having a rough time with your mental health. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. I myself go through seasonal depression, and sometimes I just don't want to leave the house or, or leave the room, even for that matter. That is where BetterHelp's coming in. You can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or hell, even a video call, all from the comfort of your own home. If your therapist isn't the right fit for you for any reason at any time, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, gives you more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable rate. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash alpha. That's better H E L P dot com slash A L P H A. And we want to thank BetterHelp for bringing this episode to you. So, uh, Corey, what, what, what is it that you're pulling up? You said you were pulling up a document that you wanted to show me. Oh, yeah. I just emailed it to you. You want to go okay. to it? All right. You, um, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, because what I find interesting is, like I was saying, this town had a residue, right? That the dachshunds are in this residue, without a doubt, in my opinion. You know, I'm uh-huh. sure testing's going to prove that. Um, which which, which of these documents do you want me to pull up first? Um, just go with the first one uh, on the list there, honestly. Okay. And you'll see. I want to, so the water aquifer system has to be really studied here. I mean, there's a lot of maps and geology that's at play here, you know, especially with this, you know, so if you look at this, right, this is like, um, these are sensitive aquifers in Columbia County, right? They have documents on this, uh, on governmental websites. You can pull all this stuff up. What's interesting is, is that there's a lot of them there. You see all that? Oh, every single one of these red dots you know, is an aquifer system that's sensitive, as they say, which means susceptible to chemical contamination of some sort, right? What what exactly is an aquifer? What, you know, for people that don't know? Oh, it's basically, I guess in layman's terms, um, it's it's basically like a underground water system. Like when you drill a well, for example, um, and you want well water, um, that, you know, they're pumping that out of an aquifer more than likely most of the time, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. So you see, you see the surf sensitive areas over there, you know? And then look, there's some more things in here that, that would, it goes through. Oh, okay. That's something. It, yeah. So this is the routing for, uh, hazardous materials, right? The transportation and stuff. So these are train look tracks that were, that are being represented in here. Um, well, yeah, uh, cause see the prohibited road routes is with the red squares, right? With the black lines that are uh, broken up and then you see the straight line with the solid green, right? That is the non-prohibited routes. So I don't know. I, I'm curious, uh, of why they decided to have all this just intersect in so many different directions right there, you know? Um, why isn't this, uh, laid out more efficiently to where it would cause, wouldn't cause like, uh, certain, uh, you know, derailments and things like that. And, and, you know, cause you think about it, that's more track than what probably needs to even be there, especially if you can just run a straight line and then, 
you, you, you get what I'm saying? Or have like a hub and then come off. Yeah. Uh, I just you wonder know, what's in these areas that, you know, if there's like, uh, you know, certain reason, I I'd like to know the reason why that they, they mapped the tracks the way that they did. Well, I imagine because the cities where they're located factories that are ordering these things, stuff like that, you know, um, I mean, there's a lot of factories down there too, just polluting the land, like Valspar. You got what Sherman Williams paint places. I mean, it, dude, there's so much contamination happening in this area. The people in the Appalachians there, you know, the however watershed are fighting for their lives, in my opinion. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? It's they are, and it's sad because you know, let's let's be honest, the average income in that area is about fifty thousand dollars a year. And I can guarantee you that most people probably don't make anywhere near that up there, especially with all the steel mills mm-hmm. shutting down and all the different plants that they worked at. And, you know, so their income dropped there. And then you have a disaster like this where, you know, you got to be afraid to take a shower, wash your clothes or, or even drink your, your fucking tap water. You know what I mean? And they yeah. can't move. They can't afford to move. And the problem is, is that the housing market is probably going to crash up there. You know, they're not going to get anywhere near what those houses are worth or were worth, you know, even three months ago. Right. Well, let's keep going down this, uh, this spread in this email. And I agree with you, Bobby. It's, it's wild. And, you know, what I understand, like when you look at this water system and in their own words it's susceptible to this exact type of thing that just happened here but yet they're they're you know they're just botching the whole thing it's wild because like you guys already knew what the situation was as soon as this happened you've had reports on this area before you know so what this is there right this is major aquifers and groundwater quality in ohio uh so you can kind of see an image for reference there that'll probably help out a lot of people and then you could kind of see as well, like kind of the, all these little, you know, branching off sections of this. I mean, you understand there's a whole intricate system here because there was a glacier that came through this area and formed Ohio, you know, and we're in between two mountain ranges. So the soil is, is like uh, less dense, if that makes sense, you know? Um, so it's more susceptible to contamination just because of that it's not as well um, put together. If that makes sense, you, you know? Um, yeah, so it's, it's very, um, well, you're moving, you're moving stuff. I didn't see this. Yeah. So it's, you know, what I'm curious of is that the aquifer is contaminated, right? And these chemicals did get down in there. How the hell would we even get it out? (laughs) You know, it's it's an interesting conundrum. That's, that's the issue, man. You don't, there's no, there's no way to. I mean, they're, they're relying on the natural filtration of these um, dioxins and, and various other hazardous chemicals to be naturally filtered out. And it's not, you know, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. I don't know. I've talked to some experts. They got some ideas, like maybe at the point of source of contamination, you put a well there and then you suck it up that way. Or like you have to put wells so far down to suck up the contaminant. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's an idea at least. Yeah. But then Possible. what do you do with the water? <laughs> then what do you do with that water? Well, yeah, you'd have to dispose of it. See what people don't understand about dioxins. They, they usually send me things uh, like the contaminated dirt, for example, and water and all that stuff to an incinerator. 
because it has to burn at 4,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, then you know, to get it go back into the, uh, in the environment anyways. <laughs> I don't, it's a, that's an no, interesting no. thing. I don't know. I, I don't think there's ever been air tests on like on those things, to be honest with you, while they're burning it. You know, it's, and you got to realize they're not burning just that. They're burning a lot of things in these incinerators all at once throughout the day, you know? I couldn't imagine being the people that work there and have to deal with that on a daily basis. Yeah. I mean, my thing is this. We know alternatives to plastics and other things that are really just killing us just for us to use them. Would you, if I, if, if I told you, Hey, you could have something that you can make into anything, but, um, I'm going to have to like every three years cut you with a knife. You know what I'm saying? Like you had to do that to yourself. You had to cut yourself with a knife every three years that you own this thing. You know what I'm saying? That you're going to put in everything out. Will you be able to make anything out of it? Would you do that? <laughs> I guess it depends on the, uh, I'd have to weigh the risk to the uh, reward. <laughs> I don't know. We have alternatives though. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's why I'm like, why? Look, if they can make this much money on like the railroads and these chemical plants, like, uh, you know, that order these things, which mind you, that's a whole nother question too. Why would you order 200,000 gallons of vinyl chloride at once? That's an absurd number to put on one train. And I think the manufacturer is partly responsible. I mean, you really think about it. Um, they possibly pushed for that. Have we ever heard of where the vinyl chloride was going when it before it spilled? Oh yeah. So there's a website that you can go to and view and kind of identify what these cars are based off of their uh, identification numbers on the side. See, every train has numbers on the and letters on the side of it. Right. It's an identification number so that you know, hey, this is what kind of train car it is. That's how I was able to find out that this is DOT 105s and 111s, for example, mainly hauling these hazardous materials. There was 20 hazardous material train cars. Now, what's interesting, remember, because we went on this with the NST preliminary report. They only put the DOT 105s, which is only four of the 20 for some reason. I wonder if they're going to put that in the final one. But also, when you go on there, you can see... Who owned that rail car? Because, see, what people don't understand, the railroad company doesn't own the cars a lot of times. Usually, it's the manufacturer. So, the manufacturer on this website shows that it's OxyVinyl LP. So, they're saying that it wasn't even what they're... So, they, they mislabeled it? Is that what you're saying? No, that's the name of the company that ordered the vinyl chloride. Oh, the name of the, I thought you were talking about the chemical that was, they were saying that that mm. was the chemical. I got you. Okay. No, it's a what, plastics what they, company. What, ex, what exactly yeah. do they do? Make like PVC pipes and that? Yeah, I'm not for sure what they turn it into. I'm sure we, you, you could, uh, people could do their self-research on that. Um, I haven't got too far into the manufacturing side because I've been focusing so much on this hydrology part because I think that's the main angle here that people need to really realize is that. But I just find it interesting that they ordered that much. You know, I think people need to call this company and figure out what's going on. Like, hey, why are you ordering this much? You know, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't, you know, what, what is the, what, what is the, the um, fix to all this though? Oh, the fix. I think that the manufacturer should have stipulations, for example, of how much product they're able to order. 
uh, and within a certain amount of time frame. Just because the stuff being transported like that and being rushed on trains and on rails, and then they do this, uh, uh, you know, where they pick up train cars, uh, like two here from the city, two here, two here, just to make a load on time. I mean, no, if you put pressure and legislation on the manufacturing side, all that would stop. The railroads wouldn't even be incentivized to do it as well. That's another angle that you could go, you know, is what I'm saying as far as like a legislative side, you know, which would be interesting to see if anybody even thought of that, though. You understand what I'm saying? The incentive would be taken away. So they yeah. wouldn't do those things. Yeah. I mean, that's the, in a perfect world, that's the way to do it. But I, I just don't, I just don't see it changing much, man. I mean, the problem, man, is that we as the American people know that they're fucking us. They know that we know they're screwing us over. You know what I mean? We know it's a shit show. We mm -hmm. know it's a game to them. We know it's all about profits and lives don't matter to them. We know this. But we still allow it to happen. Yeah. Well, let's get to you down this here, because you know the real thing is I'm trying to paint for people is that a culture of profit over safety shouldn't be worth your life. You know, <laughs> it shouldn't. Like, you're right. You're right. But the problem is, is the world is built on that that premise. The world is built yeah. on revenue over life. You know, and, and money is more important. I mean, if you look at the criminal justice system, you know, if you rob a bank and you steal money, you're going to get more time than if you rape or murder somebody. So you're th that right there will prove to you that money is more important to the, the people in charge than human life is, right? Yeah. It's downright criminal, man. Yeah, and there's not a whole lot. I, I just I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what else to do. I don't know how to yeah. I don't know how to change anything when it comes to that sort of thing. You know, I'm not a lobbyist. I'm not a politician. Yeah. You know, I'm just a guy that does a fucking podcast and likes to talk to cool people. So I don't. Oh, you know what I mean? like, you're forgetting the power of the first three words of the Constitution. Our forefathers understood this. Okay, we the people. You know. That's the first three words. What's also within that sentence there? United we stand, divided we fall. See, they understood that, and what people don't understand is that, you know, we have the power to make the change ourselves, you know? That's that's within our governmental system. That's literally how it's built. Um, you know, there are certain things stopping us, like I feel like the electoral college shouldn't even exist anymore. I mean, that was, that was the whole purpose for that, I feel like, was because, you know, you think about it back then, most people were illiterate and uneducated. It made sense to have it previously. Now, most people are educated and can read. <laughs> like, there's no reason to have it no more, you know? Um, and then, as well, you have these lobbyists, like you keep saying. There's no legislative pressure when it comes to big corporations either. Um, you, you know how you really become rich in, in America, Bobby? It's subsidiaries from the government. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. I think that a lot of these decisions, though, the problem with that is you can vote. And, and I, I don't have a, a lot of faith in the, in the way that we uh, our voting system works. I don't I don't have a lot of faith in. in um, it's always in the back of your mind that they're they're going to put who in whoever they want in office anyways. Right. And. Uh, yeah. But I think a lot of the decisions that are made are made so deeply in the government that we it doesn't matter who we vote in 
You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I understand what you're, what you're saying, but I don't think it's true. I think if we if you make enough of an uproar as a public uh, and, and you make the government, like you said, care about those 70% of people, the 70% got to come together somewhere, you know? And my my whole thing is is this. It's, it's strength in not your ideology, not your belief, not your moralistic values, none of that. It's strength in just, you know, understanding that we need to get behind things that are costing people's lives. It's just as simple as that. I mean, if you can't get behind that and all those other things matter more to you as a person, I don't know. I don't know who who you are deep down at that point. You know, uh, you know, it's you, we have to be there for our other fellow citizens, man. You know, it even says in the Bible, I don't know if anybody's Christian. I mean, I'm not. My religious beliefs are different, but uh, my, my point is, it's even written down in certain religions, you know, care for thy neighbor. You know, <laughs> why do you think it says that? You know, is PA not my neighbor? Is Illinois not my neighbor? Is Canada, technically, you know, the citizens that I heard over there, they're regular citizens too. I can relate to them. You know, uh, what about as all the particulate matter that fell over all these states, you know, that never got cleaned up, that's probably just soaking into this groundwater system as well, you know, and poisoning all of us. All those people were my neighbors. I should care for them, you know, and in times of tragedy and need, human compassion is needed more than anything else, you know? How do you unite the people to do these things though? I mean, what, what exactly, what, you know, do you have, do you have any ideas on how, you know, what we can do other than, I mean, what we're doing right now is we have our, our individual forums, you know what I mean? And we can talk about it and talk about it, but what, what kind of action can be done by, you know, to unite people so that we can make changes? Oh, you want to pull up that first email I sent you. On the one, there's a screenshot of a link to that uh, to the website, right? There's a library they have. We can request certain materials from them. See, self-knowledge is key first. That's what I tell people. See, the government's going to underestimate you because they have experts, they have scientists, all that stuff. Okay, we can utilize their own knowledge for them. See, to be able to make incremental change first, you must, you know, and it says this, um, you know, I mean, these are just simple concepts as far as like using their own data and then analyzing it ourselves. I'm sure a lot of people, you know, know what networking is. I met a lot of these experts that I talk to every day just because I'm, I'm able to network and introduce myself to other people through those people. And then a lot of times you think about it, there's colleges near everybody. Go visit your college, go talk to a professor there, you know, self-educate yourself first. That's the first step. The second step is, is, is we have to turn the weakness that we have, that the, they, they perceive that we have, and flip it on their head. Anybody can do this to any weakness in their life, really, you can think about it. They underestimate us because they know that we're divided. You get what I'm saying? And a lot of times, these uh, chemical things like you see in this watershed, and, you know, I'm not talking bad about the people. This is just a demographic area there of, of the makeup. A lot of times these people aren't rich at all, you know? So, you know, they don't have a lot of money back. The average income is $50,000 a year. Right. So they're already going to underestimate you. 
You know what, though? That's a strength, too. So you know how to use it properly. That means they'll never see you coming. If you organize within your community, you get self-educated, you have scientifically backed data from your own independent experts, and then you present all this in a concise form, and then you write to every senator for your state, your county, your city, right? Now, I'm talking every government official, not just senators, so I'm sorry. Every government official, because... You, you can Google any of them and how to contact them. Every single one of them got an email. And you know what you do? You put all your information in there, and then you CC every single federal senator as well. And then, you know, because they're going to get it and be able to reply to it. You see what I'm saying on a federal level then, too. So they're going to get pressure from the outside in because they're going to be like, oh, snap. You know, and then you see what by organizing, I mean, you need to get in with organizations that specifically deal with these types of things like for example you got river valley out there in east palestine right now you know you know and they should work together and have a coalition with other like-minded organizations because that that will grow you know and then all these people can get behind that and also put their names on that and all the people who didn't get behind you you know what you do you put those organizations names in there hey we reached out to them we have not received a response yet here's when we did that so if you do it all on the same day, boom, you'll have it all right there. And you know what that's going to do? It's going to force organizations to come behind you, support you. It's going to force your governmental agencies to actually go and take action. And then, you know, you have a signature document that you attach to that, too. It's going to make them really understand, like, oh, they're getting signatures now behind this. You know, listen, you just got to know how to do things. Uh, I find it surprising people don't look back to like uh, the 70s, 80s, and 90s where there was a lot of peaceful protests, you know? Well, yeah, but then you have, you know, these agent, um, in, 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 these these agents from like the FBI, CIA, and these different agencies that have been proven and it's shown that they'll go mm -hmm. to a peaceful protest and they'll incite violence. And they do that to divide the people. How do you battle well, that? These well, these organizations, right, that are big and well-versed in this and been doing it for a long time, um, like, the, you know, the NAACP is, is a really good organization to look at and how they've done protests before. I mean, you really think about it. They, you, they, they know how to run these things so that stuff like that doesn't even happen. You know, you got to, if you have the proper organization, you get the, you know, a lot of times you can get a permit to, to have a protest. I mean, there's ways to go about it. You know, I find it surprising people just don't understand. And you should exercise that right. It's in the Constitution anyway. Why not? You know, um, it, the simple fact is this. People are, if you're not willing to fight for, you know, your life, as far as like them literally poisoning our environment, that's going to affect you, your kids, your grandkids and their kids. You know, which is your great grandkids? <laughs> what what is there to even live for at this point? I, I just don't get it, man. Um, you know, the rate we're going, especially with how these aquifers are and everything else, it's it's just amazing. Could could you pull up where East Palestine is? Like, can you pull up an image to where it shows like on like an overhead view of like a, a you know like a cutout of Ohio on a map, and then. Yeah. There's this water aquifer picture I sent you. If you pull those side by side, you kind of get the gravity of this aquifer system, you know, and why 
And why, if it is contaminated, dude, that goes all the way from PA to Kansas. And then you'll see how many gallons flow through here, you know? Right. Yeah, because see, it's it's just interesting to me, man, that um, all these governmental agencies, they just, no one wants to hold them accountable, you know? See, they want to keep you divided. They want you fighting about certain things and all this and that, like, you know, race or or uh, Republican or Democrat or, uh, oh, who did you vote for? Oh, you know, this whole mess instead of, you know, those things divide us all the time. Who the fuck cares? Who the fuck cares about any of it? Who cares? Throw that out the window. And see, the simple fact is this. We need to further our whole mindset on these things people got things twisted they'd rather be divided you know unity is key man and the only way to get there is having empathy compassion first i don't know a better way to do that than save some you know whole areas and ecosystems life that to where we could have sustainable land for to, to give to our kids even or drinking water so that they can actually have that by having like chemical rashes on their skin or or like uh you know basically like layers of their tongue falling off you know what i'm saying <laughs> crazy did you, did you find an image yet i'm looking looking for something viable this might work yeah because well, that's okay you could pull up the the aquifer map i could point out exactly where where the city is for real. let's see here it's in that uh and I emailed there. I believe it was the last one I sent you. There we go. Let me see here. This is East Palestine can, uh, right here. I got it pulled up. No, I don't think it's that one. Hold on. And bear with us as we uh, pull up uh, the maps and everything here. I think it was the final major. Let me see. Yeah, so if you pull up the final major aquifer system one again. Um, the the Ohio EPA paper, it's the fact sheet. There's major aquifers and groundwater quality in Ohio. All right there. Yeah. Now, if you look at this map, you see on the right-hand side, right above the word aquifer, to where there's like a little uh, indentation. Yeah, go, yeah. Go down. Go down a little bit. Yeah, like right there. Right. So right at the top of like where you're uh, no, don't move it. No. Okay. Put, put it right back where you had it. I, I didn't move it. Oh no. I was talking about your cursor. Yeah. So if you put it, yeah. Now go up a little bit. With your cursor. Okay. Now go down, down slightly. Okay. So, right there. Oh, it's in this area yeah. right here. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, no, no, no. Keep it right there. Don't move. So right at the top of your cursor is basically where East Palestine is, roughly. You know. Now, if you if you look at this here, dude, there's a huge aquifer system underneath here. Now this, now you got to understand, this is kind of more like uh, just the major types, right? Now there's another document here. Let me see which one it is. I believe it's the the one that's K E N A H. Yeah, so if you go to that one real quick, that one kind of goes a little bit more in depth than the fact sheet. 
Scroll down. Okay, so this is the first part that you just saw, right? All right, I'll go down a little bit more. All right, stay right there. All right, so this shows the glacial drift in the sand and gra gravel water aquifers, okay? Because, see, you got to understand this is intricate. You have, like, uh, groundwater, okay? So you have your surface level water, then you'll have, like, uh, your groundwater, which is directly underneath, like, maybe a, a layer or two of, of soil, right? And then underneath that, you'll have uh, uh, a more intricate river system like this here, see? What this is, is the sand and gravel aquifers. This, this kind of maps out a little bit of this groundwater I just described, right? Um, now, you see how far out this goes? Look how many is right around that East Palestine area where this happened. Yeah, you see I mean, that? there's a lot, yeah. yeah. A whole bunch. Now, this connects into this whole system. And then the Ohio River, too, you know, is, is over all this, too. That also is contaminated. You don't think that's going to go deep down? And dioxins are non-soluble, so they, they don't float or nothing, and they're heavy, heavier than water. Uh, so they go down to the bottom of lake streams, riverbeds, and then where do you think that's going to go? It's going to go into the soil and eventually down into to like groundwater, I'd imagine, right? So and the groundwater connects to the deeper aquifers. And then what's, what's crazy is uh, if you go a little bit further down on that document, you'll see this shows uh, a more in-depth of impacted uh, PWSs in association with, with sensitive aquifers. So it's a more in-depth uh, map that kind of combines like three of them together. Um, so you see that there? Look right around East Palestine, dude. There's a huge cluster of this. You see that? Yeah. Those are dangerous spots for contamination. That's what that is. Now, if you read this here too, right? Association of High Susceptibility PWS is a sensitive aquifers, right? The following analysis utilized the ODNR glacier aquifer map to determine, uh, and that's the Ohio Department of Natural Resources, by the way, uh, to determine whether the highly susceptible PWSs are located where sensitive aquifers occur, with the implication that the well is probably uh, completed in that aquifer, okay? To accomplish this, the 561 highly susceptible BWSs were associated by location to attributes of the ODNR, uh, you know, the glacier aquifer map. Uh, I mean, we can keep going down here, but it's it's just interesting to me that they understand this is a sensitive area. They know contamination is more than likely likely ha it could have happened in this aquifer. So something happened there. Something did happen there, and they refused to even test the monitoring wells to even attach to this system. Why? Well, because they know the extent of the damage and they, they, here, here's the thing about our government and the way that these, uh, different, um, entities work, they will release information piece by piece over the next 10 years. They're not going to tell us all at once, Hey, yeah, we know that the water's fucked. We know that it got into this, the ground soil. We know this, they, they know this, we know this, but just like COVID look at COVID. You know, they always said, hey, we're, we know that we know for, like years ago or two years ago, it was, hey, we know this wasn't a lab leak. Right. And then all of a sudden right. it's, uh, last year, it's like, hey, you know, we have reasonable suspicion to believe that it might be a lab leak, but we still don't think it was. And then last week they say we know it was a lab leak. So they, they just release it piece by piece over time, because the smaller the story, the less people they're going to see it and the less impact it's going to have on their day-to-day -day operations and the things that they, you know, that they mm -hmm. want to try to pull the wool over our eyes. 
And and why would they want to do that, Bob? Because they want to divide us and not have us united. Because they knew if all this stuff was public and possibly out, then we would be in an outrage and come together as a people behind it. That's the problem, is they already have us divided as a country. They already do. That's and and that's the issue. That's the that what we're talking about here is not just East Palestine. We're talking about a global issue with the way that we are treated as um civilians. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, that's amazing to me, man. It really is. Um, I'm trying to pull up this other one here real quick, too. So where's that at? Oh, right here. If you go to my first email, right? Can you go back to that? The first email? Mm-hmm. I want to show this. What's interesting. Which, which if you document? pull up uh, the screenshot 203026 uh 195 do you see that one are you talking about the one that you sent me last week no Mm. okay no i just sent you this uh should be info it should be the subject it should be the um, which screenshot are you talking about oh it's sorry i forgot to name these ones for you (laughs) that's the add me and me me just knowing the numbers but uh that's all right what was the number I've, i've got the numbers pulled up i just need to know the number um, let me see what the last few of it is. One nine five nine five three. I believe so. Yeah, you'll pull it up real quick, and I'll tell you. It's, it's fine. We can go through. We're we're gonna go through all the screenshots anyway. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, read this real quick, right underneath the uh, picture. When asked about dioxins, which are highly toxic air pollutants that can be produced when vinyl chloride is burned, Shore said the EPA is not currently testing for them. Pittsburgh's Action News Forest spoken with experts and residents who have been pushing for the testing of dioxins, which can lead to cancer as well as developmental and reproductive problems. Oh, yeah, it affects the nervous system. Now, you see right above the picture, too, uh, they put in there, if you want to request free ample, uh, uh, air sampling, but yet not have done so, call this number, right? But yet they say that right underneath there. Would you have confidence in them coming to test your home and they're blatantly telling you, hey, the one, one of the things that you definitely want to make sure is tested, um, we're not going to do anyway. Like, what good is that? Like, what do you mean? It's, <laughs> it's wild to me, you know, and I guess now they're starting to do uh, testing for the dioxins uh, since, since this article was released. I just find it surprising that they would openly admit that even though previously this whole time, you know? Well, you wouldn't even know that if you didn't, re- you know, if you didn't find that information, if you're not digging for it, you're not going to know it. That's why they buried it in that fucking little newspaper there or whatever, whatever that article is that you got. You don't see that shit on Fox news. You don't see that shit on CNN, right? Yeah. Where do, where do most people get their news from? They don't get it from these little podunk, uh, you know, websites and, and little newspapers and shit like that. 99% of people probably get their news from like Twitter and fucking Facebook. True. True, man. And then let's go to this other one here real quick too. Cause this one's kind of shocking as well. Um, it's, um, let me see. Two zero two three zero three zero five one two four. Do you see that one? It doesn't let me see the whole number. 
just say March 3rd, 2023. Give me one second, bro. All right, there we go. Yeah, so look at this. What's interesting the about EPA this. EPA has conducted 593 home reentry screenings to date and continues 24-7 air monitoring at 21 stations throughout the community. No detections of vinyl chloride or hydrogen chloride have been identified. EPA approved Norfolk Southern's plan to remove the railroad tracks and to excavate the contaminated soil at the accident site. Work to remove the tracks started this morning. Approximately 300 residents attend the public meeting and resource fair held by state, local, and federal agencies on March 2nd. Staff from EPA, HHS, Ohio EPA, and other agencies were or will will were present or were present as were representatives from North Norfolk Southern. So yeah, I mean, of course you're not going to find the fucking final chloride of hydrogen chloride because it's dioxins you should be testing for. They're not testing for dioxins, right? They, they know they're there. Why would they remove the contaminated soil? I believe, I believe they're starting to dig up the trench where they dump this shit and they put dirt right on top of it. Yeah, but that article says they're not detecting those. It's because they're not testing for the right thing, right? Exactly. They should be testing yeah. for dioxins. That's, that's, that's the main concern here. And these fucking people, oh, they're yeah. not testing for it. They're not even, they said in another, that other article, they're not even testing for it. So yeah, oh, I'm about of course they're not going to detect you. any of that shit. None of it, exactly. That's my point. You know, but and it's interesting to say contaminated dirt, but they don't want to say what's in the dirt. Don't you find that interesting? And how many I people do, live why, in East Palestine? Why, do you know? If what's that? You know how many people live in East Palestine? I have no idea. I think it's roughly what between five thousand, eight thousand people, give or take. Um, you know, so you're looking. But he only did how many re-entries? 547. That's not a lot. And it's almost, it's going, what, uh, March 3rd is, what, a month, right? Because it happened on the 3rd, if I recall, correct? Yeah, February 3rd. Yeah. Do you think that's a lot of homes they tested? No, I don't. To say that it's safe? No, I don't. I don't. I don't believe so. Yeah, and then I'm about to send you the the, the craziest of all craziness here. This just happened. Look at this. This just recently happened. Pull up that document I just sent you. I think we should read for this document together on this podcast. All right, let's see. You remember, right, so, um, so you remember got, Professor Andrew Welton from Purdue? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So read, read this document. I just want to make sure people remember him. So it says, these comments are in response to your hearing March 8th, 2023, entitled Protecting Public Health and the Environment in the Wake of the Norfolk Southern Derailment and Chemical Release in East Palestine, Ohio. Excuse me. As a result of independent water analysis by Purdue University researchers, preliminary findings suggest unrecognized risks to the public health and may be of interest to the committee. Let's see. Yeah, keep going. 
in February 25th through 27th, March 3rd through the 4th, 2023, our team visited the impacted area of the specific requests of East Palestine residents to investigate ongoing public health and environmental impacts. We sampled drinking water from private drinking wells and creeks from the area. We applied a broad approach to water analysis using gas chromatography, mass spectrometry, and high-resolution proton transfer reaction time-of-flight mass spectrometry operated by Purdue faculty members. Um, the, the analytical protocols used were determined in the interest of broad screen given the extensive nature of contaminants released and created in Ohio. This approach was applied to be protective of public health. As a result, our preliminary analysis revealed that acrylene, uh, butyl, acrylate. It's okay. You don't got to say the chemical names. Uh, uh, we can look of, these up afterwards. Bunch of different fucking chemicals. Um, yeah. It is reasonable to expect these compounds to be present because of the Norfolk Southern Manifest published by the U.S. EPA and what was mm -hmm. reported to be released due to the fires. These compounds can present an acute public health risk when present at sufficient amounts. For example, acrylene is a breakdown product of chlorinated compounds and was detected in air separately by U.S. EPA and Texas A&M and Carnegie Mellon University researchers. We're in the process of finalizing sample mm -hmm. analysis. So That's basically they found a bunch of shit methods. out there that the fucking government's saying is not there, right? Yeah, basically they're analyzing their own data and did their own independent testing and then they're 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 coming up with different stuff. Oh, continue reading that. There's more down in there. I'm telling you, it's it's juicy, man. Because look, I think it's crazy. Listen, the National Science Foundation better get ready and start handing out grants, which is also the, a government-run agency, if I recall. But <laughs> this, what this is, is you got to understand this the government is, um, agency testing we reviewed is not representative of what is likely to be present in potentially contaminated water. It is unclear mm. how entities involved determine which compounds should and should not be analyzed separately or Sanko, whatever that is, appears to be analyzing for two of these compounds in Little Beaver Creek in the Ohio River. Um, and it says action tests for the chemicals we identified further officials should not notify the communities in and around East Palestine that their analysis to date has not been sufficiently representative of possible exposure risks. Some of these compounds could be present and deposited particulate matter observed in homes and the properties. It is unclear why responders have not conducted indoor surface analysis to mitigate acute exposure and provide necessary guidance on safe cleaning. On March 2nd, I sent a letter for Director Douglas Parker asking OSHA to protect workers in and around East Palestine. During my on-site investigation, I observed that the creeks, Sulphur Run, and Leslie Run were heavy contamin heavily contaminated with chemicals, something that was not widely shared with the public prior to our visit. We observed workers being exposed to chemicals without respirators, wading through the creeks, standing in and beside the creeks, sometimes not wearing safety gloves, standing for makeshift aeration units, and apparently being exposed to the entitled, or I'm sorry, the emitted chemicals, rather, and lost footing and slid off the creek bank and into Sulphur Run. 
In particular, the actions taken by the workers are violating chemicals into air are causing exposure that do not appear to be guarded against by existing worker safety measures. I also asked some workers about PPE, and they said they were not told what, what chemicals they were being exposed to. I also observed children, adults, and pets were near the creeks, not, not warned about the health hazard they posed. Wow. That's crazy. Tell me that doesn't hit home for you after you just read all that. That's absolutely crazy. They're covering that's crazy. Dude, that's that's they're covering this that's shit up, the man. They're, cover, they're fucking covering it up, man. <laughs> they got people out there right now fucking cleaning this shit up and doing these different jobs, and they're not even telling them what the fuck mm -hmm. they're being exposed to. What is going on? Yeah, those are those are multiple independent researchers from multiple different universities. Okay, it's 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 wild out here, man. Like I said, those people are fighting for their lives right now, and you know, I I wonder this: why hasn't the governor called in the national guard in both of these uh, most affected states? I would say is Ohio and PA for sure. You know, other we states are definitely affected, like Illinois and stuff like that. But my point is, is this: Why haven't they called in the National Guard? Because they can provide temporary housing, I would imagine. You know, all those things. You know why? Because Mike DeWine, for example, and what's PA's Governor Shapiro? He, they they don't want to, um, you know, declare a an, an emergency situation. But I think it's deemed well, an emergency you got, situation. You got Andy Bashir, the the governor of Kentucky, calling a or a state emergency, state of emergency because of thunderstorms on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> this is Look, man. It's wild. I would love I I, I it's I gotta wrap this up here soon, dude. I know we we continue to do Oh talk yeah, no, I figured that was the end anyway. Yeah. Well, I'm saying we because I gotta I gotta get up early, but I, I definitely we need to keep talking about this. You know what I mean? So I I think this yeah. is something that as new information goes comes out, we definitely need to continue um, these mm -hmm. discussions in this forum. Um, it's just mind blowing to me, man. It's it's mind blowing to me that they are they. You know that right there tells me they're covering it up. So, yeah. um, it, you, that's what you got out of the letter. I want to hear your thoughts on it. That's exactly. You mean unfiltered walls? I they yeah. they're fucking trying to kill. They're killing people, and they don't care. Mm. They don't care. They're trying to cover that shit up. That's when I got yeah. out of that letter. You have an independent source, Purdue University, that is actually doing studies. And these are, these are, I'm, I'm assuming without more than Purdue. Back, well, I'm saying mainly Purdue, but I'm saying there are yeah. others, you know, other entities that are doing this. But what I'm saying is, is that without looking into their background or expertise of these different scientists and professors, I, I'm assuming that they know what they're talking about. You know, I'm assuming yeah. that if they're writing letters to the U.S. Senate on these issues then they they're backing it up with educational um value right so mm -hmm. I, i'm more uh, i'm i'm more of the type of person that's going to believe them than i would believe our own government so i mean it, it's just clear mm -hmm. that that letter right there shows you excuse me shows you they're covering shit up exactly and you know you could look into the backgrounds of scientists i have they're very credible and you know it's <laughs> i don't know man we got to come on together the, as a people man he's a phd andrew welton is a phd 
So, yeah, and he that's, works at, that's not a master's. That's a step above. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. He works at, at Purdue University. This is an official letter from them. I, I, I have no reason to doubt what this man is telling us. I, I don't yeah. really doubt it one bit at all. Um, it's, listen, man, this doesn't wake people up so that we can come together and save our neighbors so that they don't have to die in desperation and long-term in, illnesses and have to worry about, uh, you know, where they're going to live the next day even, or, Hey, how am I going to take a shower? Where, where should I even drink this water? We can't come together for that. I've lost all faith in the humanity then, you know? It's sad, man. It's sad. Hopefully people wake up and realize that there's gotta be something done, but, but, um, you know, with us continuing to do these forums and talking about it, we're not going to let it die. You know what I mean? We're just going to keep talking about it. So, um, for sure. Part three is about to be lit. Corey, I appreciate you, man. As always, you're, uh, you're my boy, man. We, uh, I'm glad I met you. Um, your podcast is awesome. Everybody go check out grandma's front porch. It's a great podcast. Corey T D talks about a lot of cool shit, funny shit, um, and just shit in general. So, um, I'll post, uh, I'll post the link in the group again and we'll get you, you know, we'll get you guys over there. But, um, guys, this week coming up, I've got, a i've got a guy that a captain in space force he's going to be on the podcast and then i also have mm -hmm. a uh pretty funny comedian that's coming on and um we'll be releasing that here pretty soon but Corey, i will uh i'll talk to you here soon brother yeah no it was great having you for sure and then uh you know i got johnny mace uh we had to reschedule that but he's coming on uh this weekend uh i'll, I'll make sure that's released by like sunday so cool cool Appreciate yeah man let me know i'll um i'll look out for it i got i follow your podcast so i get notifications when you upload new shit so yeah yeah johnny mace pretty cool he's he's a very knowledgeable personal trainer he's he's my definition of uh of really doing his work and education on uh, for, for himself so oh yeah yeah make oh, sure yeah. you guys tune in for that especially if you uh want to better take care of your body and things of that nature so. I, god knows i need to bro look at me um, but all right, man, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later. I'll hit you up and, uh, everybody that's listening. I appreciate you as always. Um, please do me a favor, join our private Facebook group, subscribe on YouTube, TikTok, all that good shit. Leave me a review on Spotify, hit the notification button. Greatly appreciate it. Um, but I'll talk to you all next week.